0: that okay redemption is now the lord says here is the payment is made when anybody trusts they get this so the the, the offer is now uh, solidified remission is the payment for sin is when you ask jesus christ to save your soul now here's where the hard part comes in when you ask jesus christ to save your soul you get your sins remitted they go away they're gone expity expi- expiation expi- expiation thank you the act of purging getting rid of it it goes away it goes completely away. The act of expediating something, the act of extinguishing the guilt incurred by something. Uh, what the world constantly wants to do is put guilt back on us. And, and well, you do, you know, I, I said that last night in the message. Uh, I'm tired of people saying, well, you, 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 we're all sinners. And we all mess up. The key to this whole thing is continuing to go on. A lost person, a weak mind will always pick problems out with people. So whenever somebody comes up to you, just remember they're weaker than you, if they're sitting there saying, but you, you used to, do, 45 years ago, I remember you did this. I'm like, you know, a lot of people aren't the same as they were 45 years ago. Some of y'all weren't even here 45 years ago. Uh, but I mean, you got to give some people, they, they have to be able to change. Moms and dads are great for that. Their kids, I mean, they're old and gray and well, when you were a baby, you used to do that. Okay, they're not a baby no more. You got to come some slack. So Psalms uh, 103, 12 says, As far as east is from the west, so far have I removed our transgressions from us. So that's the Lord saying that once you get saved, they're gone. He, he takes them out. He forgets them. Micah 7:19 says, He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. Talking about the Jews. He will subdue our iniquities. Uh, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. There's going to come a day when he throws that stuff away and it never comes back. That's God. That's God. Revelation 21.1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. So there's going to be, everything's gone away. The sea's going to go away. So if your sin's in the sea, they're going to be gone. Then you get atonement. Atonement, uh, Romans, Romans 5. Go to Romans 5.6. Atonement. 5.6. Man, I could actually teach through Romans 5 right now, Be be done with Romans 5. We can just jump over it. Uh, Verse 1, therefore being justified uh, by faith. Uh, So it's the faith that you're justified by. And that's the hardest thing you're ever going to get. Your whole life is going to be based around faith. It says in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can almost preach on faith for the rest of your life and just hang right there and, and just work on your faith. Your faith has to increase. Peter sank in the water because he had lack of faith. If he had the faith as the grain of a mustard seed, he can say, about and throw and you could do that. So I've never been able to throw one, so I must be a weak faith kind of person. But anyways, your, your faith is the key to this whole thing. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Your faith is what gives you peace. Because you know what he's done and what he's going to do, and it's all about him. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope and the glory of God. And not only so but we glory in tribulation also knowing... Is anybody in there glory in their tribulation? Uh, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience, experience and experience hope, and hope maketh us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So he died for for to make a way. He had to make... A propitiation to God for the ungodly. He had to do that. Had nothing to do with anybody. He had to make the way. The way was between him and the Father. He had to clear that path. That's what propitiation is. He cleared that path and opened that door. So now, then redemption could come on the other side of that thing. And the Lord says, okay, anybody who believes, I got now the payment he made. I'll lay that thing over here. We'll call it redemption. Anybody who trusts him can get redeemed. For scarcely, he goes for in in, uh, due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God looked at us and looked at the possibility of the future and knew what the future held and said the only way to get us, because Satan came down to Adam and even started this whole thing. Well, God allowed Satan in that garden. And he did it because he knew exactly what was going to happen. So he caused, he allowed the problem to happen in his infinite wisdom and his plan. So in his infinite wisdom and plan, he allowed a way to come through to get us out of it. Now, wisdom will choose that. Foolishness won't. But God committed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. So when we trust in the blood of Jesus Christ, all these new Bibles take the blood out. They'll take blood out. They'll, they remove the word blood. Oh, it's just a word. No, it's not a word. It's more than a word. It's what it actually was. Christ died on a cross and shed his blood at Calvary. That blood is what was paid to God the Father in heaven. When Christ walked in, he said, Mary, touch me not for I have not yet ascended. He walked into heaven with a, with a, 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 a layer of blood, some amount of blood he walked into heaven with, And he walked right down through there to the throne room and to the altar, and he put his blood on that altar, and that's where the propitiation came in. The moment he did that, God said, now I'm appeased. I've got an offering. If the devil comes up and says anything, he goes, nope, I got a perfect offering. Right there it is. Just made. I'm happy. Now the Father's happy, the Son's happy, and the Holy Ghost is happy. And we're not yet. We get happy. Everybody gets happy, man. You just get happy after a while. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Why? Through his blood. And so many times we miss that thing when we get down to atonement. uh, It's the reconciliation of God and humanity and humankind uh, through the sacrificial death of Christ. And it wasn't just the death of Christ. It was the shedding of that blood. God, it says over in Leviticus 17.11, it says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, if you don't believe that, cut your throat right here and let your blood drain out and see how long you live. Better yet, don't do that to yourself. Find something you really dislike. Do it to them. and just <laughs> Or watch some of these shows on TV, and it happens to them all the time. But anyways, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I give it to you upon an altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh the atonement. So the question is, if he's the same in the Old Testament as in the New when did you make a blood offering? There's the key. Somewhere you had to take a lamb, and you had to kill that lamb, and take that blood, and throw it. That's a good one for a Catholic, man. I mean, you can burn them, you can nail them. Say, so when was the last time you took a lamb? Anybody, Jehovah's Witness or anybody. Uh, I, I, the other day I had to go get some, I was on uh, Craigslist or, or Facebook or something, I found some parts for some air conditioners, and uh, it was over on the west side of town, there's a black guy, which I don't care whether they're black or white, but most black people are, or Jehovah Witnesses, they get turned into Jehovah Witnesses for some reason. And uh, so I go over there, and I was just getting ready to hand him a track. He said, he's a Jehovah's Witness. I said, I'm done. I said, Lord, I ain't even going to tell the guy. I sit there and said, hey, I'm from Anchor Baptist Church. I'm buying this stuff for Anchor Baptist Church. I, I want you to know it's Anchor Baptist Church. And the Lord really did this. Lord did. But as far as giving that guy a track, I really didn't even care to do that. I have fought with so many Jehovah Witnesses. It's a waste of time. Uh, the guy seemed to be a nice guy. He seemed to be okay. But I'm like, I'm not even here. I'm here to buy something from you. And I'm not here to get in an argument with you, but they have rejected the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's where their problem is. And what these new Bibles are doing is they're all rejecting, they're pulling the blood of Jesus Christ out of it, and they're trying to say it's it's the sacrificial death that he did at Calvary. It's more than that. It was the blood that he shed. God required at Passover a blood offering. He said you take the blood and you put it on the lintel, which are the two doorposts here, and here, and then, and a spot right there. And when you do that, the bucket is right here below the thing. You've just made a cross across that door. And what the, the angel of death is going through the city streets, he says, "Yep, I see the blood." And he walks right by. He goes, "Yep, I see the blood." And it's the firstborn. The firstborn is the one he's after in that room. Is it, and and you got a firstborn cow, it dies. You got a firstborn cat, it dies. You got a firstborn rabbit, it dies. You got a firstborn kid, it dies. If the grandfather and the son, uh, the grandfather and his son, the the father, his son, and his grandson were all firstborn, all three of them died. The firstborns died. Unless you had the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood that makes the atonement for sin. It says right there. Uh, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more were reconciled uh, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but all, we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received an atonement. So the atonement is God's uh, it is the reconciliation of God and, and humankind through. The, Jesus Christ is the one who brought us back together. It's the atonement right there. Imputation. Uh, Imputation is another word that is in our text. Go back there. Well, it's a word that Dr. Ruttman gave uh, uh, that we should look at. Imputation, the act of God whereby he charges the sinner, the sinner's sins to Jesus Christ. Your sins were all placed on Jesus Christ. And uh, again, here you go. When we walked in and you mentioned something about doing something to offend somebody else, uh, we need to stop and remember that our sins, when I got saved in 1980, on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, all my sins at that moment were placed on Jesus Christ. I was predestined at that point. I was not predestined at that point to get saved. The moment I got saved, when he, when he brought everything before me and I understood it, and I trusted Jesus Christ, I got in Christ right there. Christ then, I went back to a cross 2,000 years ago where Christ died on a cross, rose again the third day, got into Jesus Christ, Christ is in heaven, the door was opened up, and I'm now in eternity uh, in seated in heaven places in Christ Jesus right now. Uh, that is imputation. He, it's the, the sins that I committed were applied to him. Now, since I can't sin no more, uh, and I'm gonna talk about that here in a few minutes of sanctification. Since I can't sin anymore, uh, my soul is, is clean as it can be but I got a problem with the flesh and my flesh is where the problem lies it's not here anymore it's here I'm two people you got to watch it imputation it's the act if you got your little piece of paper it's the act so it's just some words what we need to know about you need to know about 17-18 Romans 4-23 now it was not written for our sakes alone that it was imputed to him but for It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed for him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offense and was raised up, raised again for our justification. So somebody had to pay those bills. Uh, There was no way that anybody, Adam couldn't do it, Moses couldn't do it, David couldn't do it, Daniel couldn't do it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego couldn't do it. Uh, Ezekiel couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. Noah couldn't do it. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody had to pay for sin. Because you got the devil sitting there. Forget everybody on the human race. The devil could always walk before God and say, why didn't you forgive me? Just blanket forgive me. Well, because I can't just forgive you because I'm balanced. I'm sitting here perfectly balanced. And where I've got righteousness and judgment on this side, I got mercy and grace on that side. And I, I can't tilt it either way. Something has to come into this thing and put something on both sides of this to keep it balanced. That was Jesus Christ. When he placed the blood in there, what he did is he balanced that thing back out. So now here's Jesus Christ sitting in the throne room and the devil comes up and says, but, but he goes, oh, no, 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 no. He did the same thing that you did and you blew it and he didn't. I accepted that. He went through everything that the worst person could possibly ever go through and he came through it unscathed. Now, because of him, I can now do this. And he still remains perfectly balanced, never changes. And Satan will say, bow down on his knees. He'll get on his knees and say, amen, amen, O oh Lord, as he's getting thrown right into the lake of fire. Uh, because he'll know that, that by looking at Jesus Christ, brethren, we cannot, I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the hearts of men the things that God had prepared for them to love him. We can't really understand what Jesus Christ did because we're still in his flesh. And this flesh keeps pulling us back to this world. And no matter how hard you try, that's why I got that prayer book. I got two more of those prayer books if anybody needs them. Uh, but that prayer book, uh, Ian Bowne's book on prayer, if you can get somebody to start praying, what it does is it, you're strengthening the soul spirit side and you're getting a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and you're, you're learning how to fight that flesh a little bit more. We're in a world right now, and I saw in the Dr. Peacock yesterday, I said, brother, we, I can't even keep up with it. It is changing so fast that the young people, you guys, you, anybody under 40, I feel sorry for you, man. I mean, you have got some things going on that, uh, how old are you? Okay, so you're right on the precipice of man. I'm telling you what, this thing is a mess. It's, it's moving so fast, and the world is telling you, you got to do this and got to do this. And, and here you go, they're all yelling about all these, all these uh, people coming across the border, you know why they're coming across the border? They're not coming across the border just to vote for the Democrats. They're coming across the border to work. Because they can't get us to do it anymore because we're all sitting here doing that. Everybody under 40, man, thinks that I can make my living off this thing and sit at my house and do absolutely nothing and not work. He's working. Brother Lynchback. it works, and he works a machine. That's a good thing, brother. Most people at your age wouldn't even know what a machine was. Uh, it's, if it's, can I do it on the phone? If I can't do it on the phone, I can't do it. Well, who's going to go out and pick the crops? Who's going to pick the grapes? Who's going to pick the kumquats, man? Who's going to, Whatever a kumquat is. Who's going to pick the avocados, man? Who's going to pick the, the olives or any of the, other, any of the other stuff we eat? Oranges and, and bananas. Nobody's going to do that. You know what they need? They need some uneducated people to come in and be laborers. So we're creating a society of people out here who will not work. And then you watch them. And I've, I've seen guys for the last... Guys. I'm talking about guys. I don't even know if I call them guys. Playing Games. Like, it's something really funny. (laughs) It's like, I just accomplished something. And another guy will be sitting right next to it. I never see women do that, by the way. Do women play games like that? They do? Okay, I've never seen it. I just see guys sitting there, and I'm like, what kind of guy are you anyways, man? I said, when I was a kid, we went out and, like, played climbing trees. And then we played falling out of a tree and hitting the ground. So that when, (laughs) I mean... Yeah, and build forts. We built forts. And I was going to dig a swimming pool in my backyard. Because, and I got a shovel one time and started digging a hole. My dad made me fill it up. But I was going to build me a swimming pool. I mean, we just went out and did stuff. Now everybody sits here on this thing, and their whole lives are wrapped around this thing, and the devil's got them. Uh, so you're, it, the, the, we never really realize what Jesus Christ did for us because we're so wrapped up in this world, and it's got our attention. I, I got to get home and do this. I got to go do this. I got to do this. We just rush, 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 rush. Uh, I apologize for doing this, but however common, duties never conflict. I told the Lord first I would do this building. That's what I told him first. He's first. Everybody else is second. Uh, My wife is second to the Lord Jesus Christ. I had to finish this thing. Now, in the process of that, he says, okay, I'm glad you got her second, but I gave her to you, so you got to take care of her, along with doing what I tell you to do. So you know what happens if you find yourself getting more busy in doing what the Lord tells you to do? you'll find yourself in a place where you can't get in trouble because you're doing exactly what he told you to do. I told Peacock yesterday, I said, Brother, I'm doing exactly what the Lord told me to do. I'm finishing this thing up. I bought me a dump trailer today. <laughs> so I am not, it's a, it's a 14 foot, 83 inch wide, tall sides dump trailer, it's a used one. But I said, we're gonna use that over there and we can fill it up, I go dump it, come back, and I don't have to worry about a dumpster. When we're all said and done, over the, whenever we're finished, ripping everything out and, and doing everything. I'll, if I wanted to, I could sell it, I'd get rid of it. But I said, we got it, got it at any given time. We can use it, and it makes it easier for us. Well, if he's going to throw that into our lives, we need to finish it. You finish what you start. You don't start nothing unless you finish it. And then when you finish it, then you can sit back on your laurels and watch TV again and play games. <laughs> but, but if you get busy in life, what you'll find out is you start realizing what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and he's going to continue to move you on, but we're still in this flesh thing, and it's still a battle, and you gotta, you got to fight. I, I told Brother Joe, he was talking yesterday, I said, the young people today have got to figure this thing out. I can't give it to you. you got to figure this thing out. You have got to figure this thing out. Your flesh is saying this, this, well, what's the Lord say? Well, have you ever thought, maybe I'll just get along with the Lord and just say, okay, Lord, what would you have me do? And he show you, and you do that and he shows you and you do that and he shows you and you do that and he shows you and you do that. If everybody did what the Lord said to do, if I could get 5 or 6 or 7 people in this church praying, it would change this church. I mean really praying. Not, "Oh God, I pray for my dog. It has a it has a little toenail that's bent out of shape and it's got some 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 it got in with a rabbit and the rabbit ate its little head off." I mean, brother, those are good prayers, I guess. But, but there's something a little more in-depth that you want to reach. You want to get to the place where somebody has the heart of God. Uh, this music that we listen to today, they, people say, what is it? Well, you know what there is somebody, they, they Everything to them is superficial. Uh, Christianity today is just superficial. It is not in no depth to it. This stuff that you're looking here for is depth. It's all depth. Regeneration, the act of, of salvation in which the Holy Spirit, Number number, number eight. Let's look at regeneration. Now this is what happened, the act of salvation in which the Holy Spirit enters the sinner and gives him a new life by a new birth. A new spirit able to respond to the Holy Spirit is created within the sinner. Now go to John chapter 3. Probably the greatest story in your Bible for this is is Nicodemus. I love Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a cool guy. Nicodemus is, is honest. Nicodemus is searching. He's real. Uh, and and somebody who is going to get saved needs to come exactly like Nicodemus does. you got to come to the place where you don't know what's going on. There was a man of the Pharisees. Nicodemus was someone who learned, who was understanding, who met all the quotas. He had been a great Catholic priest. Uh, He was a Jewish Pharisee. He went through all the schools. He probably studied under the, uh, the feet of Gamaliel. He probably was right there in the same class with Paul when he was Saul, learning the same thing he did, He passed all the tests, got all the A's and and, uh, A pluses and all that other stuff. Uh, But then he met a man named Jesus one day. And he goes, this guy's a little different than everybody ever met. I could always overcome everybody else. I could outdo him. But this guy is different than everybody else. And we start. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now we're talking about regeneration. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi... We, so it's not just him, there's a group of them that know that there's something different about him. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. You just didn't show up on the the screen and you're not no Benny Hinn and you're not, you know, I was sitting there listening to that, they started talking about Benny Hinn. They said what he would do is somebody would come in the door and they'd look like they were weak and tired and old and beggarly and they'd get them a wheelchair and they'd put them in a wheelchair. And then they'd say, Psst, "So and so a lady just came in, and we put her in a wheelchair." So he'd get her up on the on the platform and hit her on the head. Stand up and do, it. and she'd stand up because she could stand up. She was standing up when she came in the door, and but nobody in the crowd knew that, and they thought she was crippled. And she just got—he never said he healed her from her infirmity. Never told you what it was, but you assumed he he uh, uh, he insinuated that she was crippled because she's in a wheelchair. Well, they set up the whole crowd. And that's what Christianity does. They set this whole thing up, and they make everybody think, well, if you just do this, 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 and this, you're a good Christian. And, and that's what messes churches up. Nicodemus says, uh, okay, I got all the check check-off blocks, but something's different about you that are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles. So that he, it isn't just the first miracle. Jesus has been doing some stuff for a while. And it's got around that, hey, this guy is now doing stuff that nobody else can do. The, the proof is in the pudding." By their fruits you shall know them. Nicodemus is an honest man. A, a dishonest person will, will throw the fruits away and throw the, the stuff away and just keep on believing what they want to believe. He said, uh, come from God, for nobody can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus comes back. Jesus answers and said unto him graciously, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith, honest man, saith unto him. Now, uh, uh, people who believe in water baptism... We'll throw baptism right here. It has nothing to do with baptism. It's context. Jesus answered, said unto him, verily, verily, I say, Nicodemus, verse 4, said unto him, how can a man be born? He's thinking exactly like what he thought he just heard Jesus say. He's thinking about being born again. Well, then what's he do? The natural man, he said, say unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb? He's talking about the first birth and be born. Jesus answered, verily, verily, verily. Uh, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water, the first birth, exactly what Nicodemus just said, and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Go back to uh, uh, John chapter one, verse 12, verse 11, verse 10, Genesis 1, 1, (laughs) he was in the world, verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made by him. That's Jesus Christ. There ain't nobody but him. And the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. He came to the Jews. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. That's regeneration. Now, the only way you get regenerated is to believe that. Just because somebody says, I am a Christian, don't mean they're a Christian. Just because somebody says, I am saved, don't mean they're saved. This thing had to happen. If this did not happen, they did not get it. Now he says, "Examine yourselves whether you be." In the I'm saying preaching. I should be teaching. I don't know how to do anything. Uh, somebody gave me a T-shirt. That says that uh, I do things. What did you got it? Hold it up and let them read it. That's what I do. I fix stuff and I know things. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Matt McLaughlin gave me that shirt. But uh, but when you sit and look at it, regeneration it has, that has got to occur. Just because you get, and that, you hear people say easy believism. Just because you get somebody to say the sinner's prayer, the Lord save my soul, man. Uh, Sarah got saved. How many times did Sarah get saved? At least three. At least three four times. That last time I told her, I said, Look, I'm going to throw your hide into hell one day, man. I said, I can't wait till I get to heaven. I'm going to be on the Lord's side of there. I said, That's my daughter. You wonder why she left me at the house and run away? <laughs> I mean, I'm really cruel to my kids. But I was gracious for the first couple times. And this last time she said, Dad, I just don't know if I'm say-. I said, OK, well, you got to get a hold of this thing. There's got to be something that moves you to get a hold of this thing. You're not getting a hold of it. You're not, you're not, you know, it, it was easy for me. I don't know whether uh, all the stuff I had went through up to 22 put me in a place where I knew that life was short or life was different or, and I needed to make some decisions or the way my mind worked and I knew that, hey, this was all messed up and I was going to give this a shot over here. So I started researching this thing and I found Jesus Christ and trusted him and accepted him and I was done with it. I just thought that's what you ought to do because that's what the Bible said. But Sarah had a problem. And I'm looking at her and said, Sarah, I said, on this side of glory, I'm your daddy. And I love you. I'll do anything for you. And I would. Uh, When Sarah left our house, uh, I made sure Beth always stayed in contact with her. I never changed. Did I ever change? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Never ask your wife to. She doesn't give the right answers ever, man, ever, ever. She's always against me. But anyways, I'm sitting there going, okay, Sarah's down in Florida, and she needed to make some decisions because she was torn. I could see she was torn between a couple things, and that's just the way her mind works. But that day when she she said, Dad, I don't know if I'm saved. I said, okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to make you get saved. I can't make you get saved, and I can't open up your heart and let Jesus sin. But I'm going to tell you this. One of these days, I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to be behind Jesus Christ. And when you die, and you come to heaven, and he calls me up front, front and center, Chief Elliot, come here. R Captain. And I come up front, and he goes, yeah. He goes, you see that little girl right there? I said, yeah. He said, I want you to pick her up and throw her in the hell. I said, Sarah, if that's you, I'm going to throw you right in the hell. I said, and I won't even bat an eye. As a matter of fact, I won't even care. I said, I'm going to be on his side. And I'm going to think like him, I'm going to act like him, and I'm going to throw you in hell. And I said, and, and you're going to go, ah! She got down got saved never had a problem with that ever again. I said, you need to make sure that you understand that there is, I don't even know if I understood or I even thought the hell thing over here was that much an influence in my life. My problem was I was away from the Lord and I knew it. I cared more about him than I cared really about me going to hell. I cared more about me doing something to him and what I've done in my life to sin. I said, I'm the one who caused this problem between me and you. The riff is here. It's not your problem. It's mine. And I, was, and I don't even know if the whole, I mean, hell was probably there. And, but it was the separation between me and him for where I was at in the earth right now. Hell, I don't know what, how much of that was in my life. But I tell you, hell's a good thing to get somebody scared of. I mean, hell's a good thing to scare him to death with. I mean, I'd use whatever you can use to scare him. I mean, you just, you know, I, I mean just use whatever, man. You're gonna, his flame's going to come out of his eyeballs, man. And he's going to just burn you up right here. You're going <laughs> to right in front of him. And <laughs> I mean, you do whatever you can do to get them scared, but, but you got to get them to get regenerated. They have to be regenerated. We got to get over this thing where we feel good because we heard somebody say, okay, I, tried to, I, I said the thing in that prayer book. I got, Did you really? Well, then... Let me ask you a question, number two, if that really came in your life, how come you didn't change? If I am a no good, stinking rotten sinner, 1980 on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, and I get saved, how come I did not know that the God that created the universe just entered me? I mean, there's no way I could possibly not know that. Now, I am stupid, I got that, I'm a moron, I got that, I'm dumb, and it took me three weeks to figure some things out, and all of a sudden, three weeks later, the Lord had to hit me in the head as I'm working. I'm working a Cincinnati plate share, man. I got a half-inch. I'm running all the big old machines in this place. Uh, I'm 22 years old, man. I'm running the entire plant. They love me to death. And I'm sitting there, and I'm running this half-inch plate share, and I got eight-foot plates by 20-foot long, uh, up to half-inch thick, core 10, uh, coal, I mean, I mean, just all kinds of different steel, mild steel, any kind of steel you want. And, and you tell me, I made all the McDonald's plates that they made the grills that they made the hamburgers on. As a matter of fact, I used to work at McDonald's making hamburgers on those grills that I, I went to. It's amazing how small the world is. Here I am working at steel fabricators making the plates years later that go to McDonald's and make their grills so that they could, I, I mean, they tell me cut them to size and put them out then and they make them. And I'm sitting there going, somebody comes up and says, hey, let's go smoke a joint. And I'm like, smoke a joint? I said, I haven't done that today yet. I said, that's interesting. I mean, I just where I'm just sitting there running this place here and I had to stop, man. I said, wait a second. I said, what's up with this thing, man? I mean, I, I get out of bed in the morning rolling the joint. I smoke it on the way out of bed. I said, man, I said, I got some of the best stuff in my I got Columbia. I didn't have this back in the day, man. It was good stuff, man. I mean, no, I'm not telling you go do it. I'm just telling you, I never had nothing. I didn't go get to cheat nothing. I had good stuff. I didn't pay for it back then either. So <laughs> I've learned this stuff my whole life, man. I'm just, this is me. You know, your character never changes. You, you need to understand that. I was just as much as a, as a Jacob back then as I am right now. I was always in for the good deal, man. Why I sold pot by the kilos is so I could get kilos for free. The more I sold, the more I got. I got stuff for free, man. I could, I, all my friends got it for free. Now, that is not what you should do. That's just what I did. But you know, the Lord don't care about none of that. David's going, I can't believe this guy, man. What's this guy doing? <laughs> but I'm telling you, you, you want to love God? I'll tell you how you love God. I looked at that and I said, Lord, you winked at that. That meant nothing to you. You winked at the, the times of that stuff that I did, you just winked. Like, that boy is stupid, man. <laughs> stupid ain't even the word. He's going to regret that when he's 65. His mind's going to be totally gone. He ain't going to have no brains left. And he's going to regret doing all this stuff back here. He goes, but, 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 I'm going to wink at that thing and let it go on. And by the time when I got to the place right on that back porch, I realized I got saved. And three weeks later, I mean, I hadn't done anything for three weeks. I did it all the time. Now for three weeks, I haven't done anything. And I didn't know it. And God sometimes had to flip you in the back of the head and say, hey, and brings this person up and he says something. And all of a sudden, it floods. And the Lord says something's changed in you. I'm like, what's changed? And I'm like, and I went back and I said, I didn't do it today. I said, I didn't do it yesterday. So my mind wasn't that messed up. And I didn't do it today before that. Or they, and I went back to that back porch that night. I said, that was the last time I did anything. I said, what did you do, man? What did you possibly do? I said, I gotta go see Roth. And you know what the, the, What a Christian will do, a saved person will do? They will go to somebody who they think can tell them, I didn't go to no Catholic priest. I didn't even have a thought of going to a Catholic priest. He never helped me up to this point. Why would he help me up there now? I said, my Uncle Roth is a Southern Baptist preacher. I thought all Baptists were, you know, they were right there. A Church of God, I would probably went to Church of God at that time. I had no issue with any of them. Uh, Catholic, Mormons, forget them guys. Jehovah's Witnesses, queers. I wouldn't have done that either. But, but, but a Baptist preacher, I was thinking, man, them guys are it. And Rolf had pretty much all the answers. I was in there balling, man. I was balling my eyeballs out. Something changed. I'm not... And he said, I'm not, God's not a respecter of any person. So why would he do that for me and not do that for somebody else? The question is, do you really want it? Now, I'm not going to tell you you got to ball and cry and go do drugs and get off the drugs and do this and do that. Go drinking and partying. Well, maybe I missed something. You didn't miss anything. Well, I'm telling you, there's something. Finding God is, is, when it comes to regeneration, something should change in a person's life. And it may take some time for, that to figure, for them to even figure that thing out, but something should change. And we try to rush everybody into getting saved and saying some words when that process right there is a spiritual process that must happen, regeneration, reconciliation. Now, this is what happens, man. Go to first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.18. If y'all were doing homework, y'all would have already studied all these verses. What is it? Oh, man. I didn't get to sanctification. I want to get to sanctification, man. I like sanctification. (laughs) I am talking fast. 2 Corinthians 5.18. See, I was talking so fast, you didn't even get it. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5.18. You got your paper, don't you? It's right there on your paper. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. (laughs) It is, man. I mean, it's taken me 65 years to even grab. I'm still, I'm going through and what was that, man? I didn't know anything about reconciliation. No, I do. The act whereby two warring parties. Do you realize you and God were warring? You were fighting. You didn't even know the fight was going on, man. That's how good it is. I mean, he's a great battle guy, man. He's, he's, so, he's so good at what he does, you don't even know he's doing it to you <laughs> until it's too late. The act whereby two warring parties, you and God, are brought together in peace. 2 Corinthians 5.18. It says, 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this. It says, oh, 5.18. I was going 5.5. 5. Uh, Therefore, go to 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yeah. Regeneration just took place. Something's happened. Old things are passed away. Some things happen. Now, you know what was a blessing is he didn't take everything out of my life at one time. I sit there and ask him one time. I said, why did you do this? I mean, if you, if you took that out of my life, why didn't you take the other stuff out of my life? And not, you waited four or five years to take the other stuff out. And he goes, because then you'd have thought you were some, some hot snot guy, man, and you'd be some super spiritual guy, and you wouldn't understand other people when they got problems. And I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense, man. I said, that makes a lot of sense. I had people used to come up and I'd smoke cigarettes, both smoke in their face. After I'm saved. See, so says you're sitting there talking about doing stuff. I didn't care. Uh, you didn't want to offend, offend the weaker ones? Maybe I was the weaker one. Somebody comes up, I didn't think Christians should smoke. <laughs> I said, if God wanted me to quit smoking, he'd tell me to quit smoking. And one day he told me to quit smoking, man. I, I mean, I had to. I said, no way, man. I said, I wonder if he's going to take coffee. You know, he's never taken coffee away from me yet. Mm-hmm. I've had doctors tell me I need to keep doing that. They told me, man. Everybody told me that, and they tell me this isn't water. It looks like water. It just got some black stuff in it, but it's it's got... 98%, 99% water. Well, it's a diuretic. Well, maybe the black stuff is the diuretic, but the water is there. I mean, I, 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 in my mind, I can't understand how that cannot be water. Well, it's a diuretic. So if I chew coffee, like, like, like somebody would do snuff or whatever, and then drink water, is that different? No, it's the same thing. I, my, my mind don't work. And you can, drink more, you can drink, drink more water with more coffee in it. Right. Put tea in it. Tea's good, too. <laughs> uh, but, but regeneration now, reconciliation. Right here, verse verse uh, verse eighteen. It says there or seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Eighteen, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. God never was going. The Father was never going to allow us to get back in. There was no possible way. It was done. The door's shut. There ain't no way. He goes, however, comma, now, I mean, they, brother, man, you got to stop and think about it. You start looking at God like he is, like he's supposed to, some of these Romans, I know you're saying, well, you're in chapter three, man, are we going to be like in Romans forever? Yeah, baby. Uh, but, but if you stop and think about God before anything was, before this planet was, before any of this other stuff, and and he's there by himself in a realm that we couldn't even fathom if we tried, and he's sitting there. And by his, and I can't even begin to even comprehend how he would have a discussion with himself if he's one, and then he has to split himself into threes, knowing that he has now got to. Create this entire thing and this whole process is going to be completely created from to, from start to finish when he starts, because he's in eternity. I mean, where does eternity start and stop? It never does. So he sees the whole thing and he creates this thing out in front of him and he goes, I got to interject myself in the. Well, I'm not going to interject myself. He goes, You're going to inject yourself. And, and why? Because well, you said you were. You, just, you agreed to do this before the foundation of the world. You said you were going to do this. So you're going to go do this. So God in itself said, If they come to me, I'm going to throw them in hell. And i mean, tell you, it, it, uh, you get to heaven, you ask the Lord. When I sit there, what blew my mind out of the water more than anything else, and it, I mean, it just went off. Uh, what made me start grasping this thing as, as the real thing was when I was reading John the Baptist and he was baptized in Jesus. And the Lord came down to him and said, suffer it to be so for now. And I mean, he's God. Does he need to get baptized? Of course he does not. He's God. Why would he need to get baptized? So he does it for our sake. Is an example to us. He's obeying his father because he told John the Baptist to baptize. If I don't do this, then, then then that's going to say John the Baptist stuff is wrong. So for the sake of people, I am going to submit myself to what I told him to do. So he submits himself to exactly what he tells everybody else to do. And as he's getting baptized, he comes up out of the water and the holy the holy Catholic Church does all this stuff and makes it this the holy dove, it's a dove coming down like a, a bird, bird. Oh man. <laughs> I was in the Navy. If y'all didn't know, I was in the Navy, and I had a guy work for me named John uh, Kraus, Carl Krause. and he's a little bit guy. He's like he's like Pig Pen in in uh, in the in the Charlie Brown. He always had like this dust all around him, all over the place. Everything went wrong with this guy. I mean, if you couldn't, nothing could ever go right for this guy. I felt so sorry for him. I tried to help him. Like, whoa, is me. He had some guts. So we went into the Basilica over in Rome, and and I'm like. I said, Carl, just let's be cool now, man. He, he hung out with me. He's lost. lost. I don't know if he ever got saved or not. But I said, you need to chill out. So I turned my back for a minute. Next thing I know, the, the bishop's chair up there, probably the one that Peter sat in, uh, he's up there all laid out like this, you know, all over. I'm like, I'm like Carl, Carl, there's got to be something wrong with that. I know there's something wrong with that. I said, it's blasphemy. There's something you're doing wrong. Like, get out of there, man. But anyways, he's, he's standing on the pier. You know, get down the pier. All the ships are on the pier. And to get down the pier... Uh, you had to go past the, the the guard there, and they had a gun and everything, and they could shoot you. And Carl had a gun. I don't know why we gave him a gun. <laughs> That's probably not a good thing either. But, but he's standing there, and I walked by and said, uh, Petty Officer Carl. I, I said, Cross, uh, how you doing? He goes. He said. He said, Good, Petty Officer Elliott. He said, I'm doing really good. And his pigeon poops right on him. <laughs> I'm sitting there looking right at him. He's in his whites. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man. I would always thought, man. I said, That would have been so funny if the Holy Spirit, uh, not the Holy Spirit, but if the Catholic Church would do something like that. And, and. I mean, I'm just, I'm picturing this thing, but that's probably the wrong thing to picture. But here's the Holy Spirit come down and he's as a dove, like a dove, not the dove. He, he's as the dove and the Father's in heaven. And the Lord says, it's like, like the Holy Spirit stopped the whole thing and it just stopped right there on me. And I'm still struggling trying to find this thing. I'm, now, regeneration hasn't occurred in me yet. Reconciliation had not occurred, but he's working on that thing. And I'm sitting there going, he goes, Mike, and I had to understand the Trinity. The Trinity is a real thing. The Jehovah's Witness will try to go against it. Everybody tries to go against it. That thing don't exist. You make it up. The word Trinity is never there, but the Godhead is. So I know the god it's, it's real, the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And it, it was like, all of a sudden I realized, I said, these three people have three different jobs. And he goes, Mike, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, Mike, if you come to heaven right now, what am I, the Father, going? And he said, what do you see? And it was like the Lord saying, what do you see? Have you ever read your Bible over in Ezekiel or Jeremiah? He says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah tells him what he sees. Well, it's like the Lord Lord's stopping the thing, saying, hey, you're no different, Jeremiah. I'm going to do the same thing for you, man. What do you see? What did you just read? Don't just read what you read. What did you just see? I said, well, I see you in heaven. I see the Holy Spirit in the middle and Jesus in the water getting wet. He says, okay, that's good. You got it. You did see the right thing. He goes, now, what do you think my job is? And I said, I don't know. I said, you're in heaven. He goes, my job is to... If you come up before me, I'm going to throw you into hell. He goes, that's my job. And I like my job. It's a good job, man. Ah, ah! I never got mad one bit, man. I was sitting there going, okay, okay, I got that. And he goes, what do you think the Holy Spirit's job is? I said, I don't know. He goes, well, Holy Spirit's job is to tell you if you come up here and see me, I'm going to throw you into hell. He goes, that's what his job is. And I said, okay. And then I, the next verse said, but in my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I'm like, Jesus? And he goes, yeah, it's Jesus. And the Spirit of God was wooing me to Christ. And when I got there, eventually I got there, that's when the reconciliation happened. But the regeneration occurred. I got sanctified and I got reconciled. All that stuff happened like right there. Poof. That's a word you don't just blow up, man. Uh, what was that show? Uh, oh, I ain't going to say it because it, it's, it probably shouldn't be said in, in a Bible study, bringing Walt Disney into it. Uh, but reconciliation, Sir, spiritual circumference, uh, Romans chapter 5 1. I am reconciled. God loved me. He reconciled me. Uh, He says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, who hath given to us the ministry and, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, brethren, what we have was we're ambassadors. And we now have, once you get a hold of this thing, and that's what you need to get a hold of this thing, so that when somebody comes up to you, you can give them the answer for the hope that is within you. What's wrong with our churches today? They, oh, uh, come on down here, man. We'll get this boogie-woogie stuff, and we'll have all of our guitars up on the stage, and, and we'll get some drum sets, and we'll start doing this, and Jesus loves us, and na-na-na-na, Jesus loves us, and it gets worse and worse and worse. We're acting like the world. You know why I hate football? Because people try to take what the world has. There's, sports has never been, it's always been Catholic to start with anyways, but the sports has never been uh, a Christian organization. <laughs> Jesus did not get the disciples out playing rugby. He did not get them out playing football, soccer. They didn't play soccer. Let's go up on the side of the mountain and play some soccer. He didn't do that. He didn't say, let's go play some hoops, guys. And they go out there and bounce about. I'm not saying all that stuff is bad. It's good exercise probably for young people. But, but we, we move our kids into that stuff. The kids don't understand it. So now you're, instead of beating the right thing into their minds, are drilling the right thing, we're drilling other things, and pretty soon you find YMCA packed out on a Sunday morning with everybody over swimming. And, and and they if you go over there in the midst of that thing, they'll stone you because they think that is the God of this world. That's, hey, man, I want my child. Now what you just taught is your kid how to compete against other lost people to be better so that they could get to the Olympics and become a man and or become a woman and, and compete with the men or women. I can't, even keep it, I can't even keep it straight. Man, it's five after. Here we go, anyways. Reconciliation, Romans 5.1. Go to Romans 5.1. I get off on this rabbit trails, man. I, I shouldn't be, I should be just a person in a pew. Beth used to get mad at me all the time. I'd sit in church and the preacher would be over there preaching, I'd be going through my Bible reading it, going. Sh- 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 sh. I'm like, what? I'm being. What? I won't beat you when we get home. Romans 5, one, Therefore, being justified, now get this, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ reconciled us, and we have peace. You know, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Uh, people, when they, they are not sure of their salvation, what they never really did is they never got some of this stuff down. Did a regeneration process happen in your life? Uh, just like Sarah, it took her two or three times. Dr. Roman always said, hey, man, uh, if they get saved 50 times, let them get saved. One well, of these times it'll take. And you baptize them every single time. You always get baptized after, never confuse the situation, you baptize them after they get saved. Andrew got saved, and he was six years old, six, five. And I took Dave Spurgeon. Y'all know Dave Spurgeon. He, and Dave back then was rougher than he is now. Now he's older. He's kind of weaker than he used to be, but he's back rough. And her brother, Marty. And here's a little bitty six-year-old kid. And I said, hey, take this kid back there. He just said he got saved. He wants to get baptized. I said, take him back there. I said, Dave, running through like a motorcycle club thing. Make sure he's saved. Dave and Marty come out of the room questioning whether they were saved. <laughs> they go, Mike, this kid made, made us question whether we were saved. I mean, this, this thing was completely reversed. Andrew's always been like that. He's just, he's just been a mess, man. But... Uh, <laughs> But, but you said in Romans 5, therefore being justified by faith. It's the faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You've got to increase your faith. You can't trust in yourself. You can't trust in what you see. Uh, we think we have a president. You can't trust in what you see. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny that train wreck up in, I mean, I listen to radio just sparsely. And I heard that, uh, Trump. I didn't know this until today, that Donald Trump went up to where that train wreck was. And was giving him water. And he took him to McDonald's and bought everybody McDonald's, man. Anybody who came in McDonald's, he's, Trump, he's got the money to do it. He's sitting there saying, hey, I, I, he said, I like McDonald's, man. He said, I like burgers, I like hamburgers. And He goes, I know this menu better than anybody in here, man. I can tell you everything on this menu. He said, you, nobody knows this menu better. Think you know how Donald Trump is. I mean, he's just <laughs> and, and so then, then, then this other guy comes from Washington, whoever it is, uh, Budapest or whatever it is. <laughs> And he comes in and everybody says, why are you here after Donald Trump? Why weren't you here like before? This has been three weeks. He comes up here and brings us truckloads of Trump water and you don't bring us nothing. He feeds us McDonald's and you don't feed us nothing. I said, why are you doing this? I'm thinking, our world is messed up. Therefore, being justified by faith. It's faith. They don't have no faith in our government. They have no faith. But we should have faith in Jesus Christ. Our faith should always increase. We have peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding comes in. Donald Trump is a good example because people have faith in him because they know he'll do what he says he's going to do the best he can. I'm not saying he's a great man. Uh, He's a rich man, I'll tell you that. He's a very rich man. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So justification, reconciliation is where two parties, me and God, were at odds. He showed me that at the baptism. He goes, and the Holy Spirit and me and God are at odds. And Jesus Christ is over here saying, I want to get you back with my daddy, my father, with me. You can't understand all that, so don't even try. All three of you, we're three, one, one is three, and all this other stuff, and, and the one in the middle died for me. And, and you'll hear people say stuff like that all the time, and it makes no sense at all. I, to me, I mean, i got to get to heaven. i got to get a new mind to understand that thing, how you three could be one, but you broke up into three parts, and you're one, and you're in eternity, and I'm in time, and, and I don't know when to turn. I mean, brother, the thing gets wild. you got to learn to trust it, and that's why you got to get a Bible. <clears throat> Anyways, spiritual circumcision, uh, uh, Colossians 2.1, 2.11, 2.11. Colossians 2.11, I, I want to get down to at least get down to sanctification. If you just give me a minute, uh, Joe stowed some of my time. Y'all kept asking questions when I should be been teaching, so y'all owe me 10 or 15 minutes, maybe an hour or so. <laughs> y'all can go anytime anybody needs to go, just go. Uh, I don't want to keep you here if you have to go, and I know how tired you get. I, I get tired too. Uh, Colossians 2.11, Colossians 2.11. Colossians 2.11. In whom also, go back to verse verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's the Trinity right there. The Godhead is the Trinity. Okay, and you go over and first John, John tells you about the Godhead. And ye are complete in him. So you're not complete without him. You can't be. Uh, which is the head of all principalities and power. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off of the body. Well, could you understand how Peter looked at Paul and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, of the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Christ knew, the Holy Spirit knew, and that's what he's telling Nicodemus, verily, verily, they us except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. When a person gets born again, you get regenerated right there. At the moment of regeneration, spiritual circumcision takes place. The Holy Spirit comes in and He cuts your body, your soul, and your body apart where it's two things. He takes your soul over here, seals it under the day of redemption, brings your spirit back to life. All of a sudden, now you're a new creature. You're not the same anymore as you were. You're new. Something new should have happened. Now, here we got to get you, everybody's not going to get that. The Lord knows that. If, if, and, and we should tell everybody we can. And we should always be willing to give an answer for the hope that's within us. We should always have a gospel track in our pocket ready to hand somebody. But this thing happened to me because I was looking for it. And I wanted it. And I didn't know what it was. And the Lord looked down and seen me wallowing in my own blood. And he, seen, he said, that kid wants the truth. And I'm going to give it to him. They don't. And I don't have to do nothing. I already know what the future is for them. And it isn't that I've created this future. That's what they're going to do. They're never going to get it. I don't even have to mess with it. He's not obligated one bit to go to a lost person and tell them anything. But if he sees in a lost person that they want something or he already knows it, then he's going to make sure that person gets what they need till the day they get to the... I think he's got angels about, I think he had angels about me before I saved. Making sure that nobody could touch me until the day I got to that back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, and trusted him. There's no way you can make anybody else save. There's no way you can even tell if anybody else is going to get saved. But the circumcision takes place when when all that stuff happens and happens. So Colossians, he's talking about the circumcision. Adoption. The act whereby, that's number uh, 11. The act whereby God takes a sinner and puts him in the family of God upon salvation. Now that was John, I read that. He gives you power to become sons of God. Ephesians 1.5, I'll stop. I'll stop at this one right here, and I'll shut up. Ephesians 1.5, man, I really tried to get through this stuff. I really did. Ephesians 1.5, having predestinated. Let's see, here's people, they don't understand what words are, so they, they mess the whole thing up. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. You didn't get predestinated without Jesus Christ. There's no way you could get predestinated without Jesus Christ. So they say, oh, you're predestined before the foundation. No, 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 Jesus Christ was predestined before the foundation of the world. And he, him and the Father, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, decided this is the plan, this is what's gonna happen. Before the foundation of the world, before anything ever happened, they said this is what's going to happen. It's played out. It's happened. Jesus Christ was predestined to go to the cross. Jesus Christ was predestined to die there. Jesus Christ was predestined to have his body put in the grave. He was predestined to go to a place called hell and drop off our sins. He predestined to go to Abraham's bosom for three days. He was predestined to rise again from the third day and open a door for us to go to heaven and predestined to take his blood before the altar and make an atonement for us. That's what he did. That was him. Now, when I trust him and I get in him, I get predestined back to the foundation of the world through him. It's through Christ. So, adoption, I was adopted. It says right there, adopted of children by Jesus Christ. The Lord adopted me. I like the adoption process, man. Once you get adopted, you can't get unadopted. Galatians 4, 5. Y'all probably, is is he through Galatians yet? No. Man. He's in chapter 4? Okay. Good, he didn't get across this verse. So I'll give you all the verse out of it. You tell him next week. You, I already know that. Galatians 4, 5. To re, uh, is it 4, 5? Galatians, Galatians 4, 5. Galatians 4, 5. It says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You're a son. But I am no longer... I used to be a child of the devil. That's why he looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. He says, ye are of your father, the devil. You know what? Jesus could look at, man, I tell you what, the maniac of Gadara had more sense than most people, and he was a madman. But when he looked at Jesus Christ, he knew exactly who he was, full of the devil, 2,000 of them, as a matter of fact, full of him. And he looked at Jesus Christ and said, I know who you are, man. He goes, he said, Lord, have mercy on me." And the Lord... Got the devils out of him and the guy sitting in his right mind. A change occurred. When regeneration happened in that man's life, something happened. When he got that guy out, he, he was good to go. Anyways, uh, Romans 8.15. A couple more verses and I'll shut up. I promise. I'll just talk to Beth on the way home. <clears throat> Eight fifteen, Romans 8.15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So I'm not going to read the other verses, Romans 8.23. Well, 8.23 is right down the road. Uh, Same page, down a little bit. Uh, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So we get a new body. There comes a day, man, when this thing is going to go away and the rapture is going to happen. Now they say, well, the word rapture, the, but don't be an idiot. Yeah. Oh, the, okay, okay, let's catch it away. It says right there, there's coming a the day I get a new body. <coughs> and I'm waiting for that, man. I am waiting for that. Uh, I, Peacock, I was talking to him the other day. He was the one on the, uh, I talked to, him, and he said, he said, I told him, I said, brother, I'm trying to get this church done. And I said, so when I get out of here, uh, everybody, this church is sitting comfortable. No debt, no nothing and it can do whatever, and the the apartments over there, if they're, if they're rented out and the house is rented out, uh, there'll be about probably $4,500 to $5,000 a month income coming in, and that'll go into the building fund, and it'll just, sit, just start growing. $60,000 a year maybe, and if the church puts up additional money into that, at the end of 10 years, you could have a million dollars sitting there, and if you want to put a building on, you don't have to ask nobody for nothing. You don't have to beg people for money. The money's already sitting there. If somebody wants to put some money in, that's fine, but it's already sitting there. You still own the properties and you can start doing stuff. Do whatever you want to do. There's a freedom. I think you should manage it like you should. But I, I'm like, and I, said, I told that to Peacock and he goes, Elliot, he goes, you're not getting out of here. I said, shut up. I said, look, man, I said, I need to die so I go to heaven. He said, no, no, no. He said, the Lord's going to end the thing with us. He said, you do, he goes, he goes, I can't say this to many people across the country. He goes, preach all over the place. Spurgeon preaches all over the place. He goes, there's things that I can say to you that I cannot say to everybody else. They don't get it. And these are churches out there, man. They think, oh, man, we're going to bust open, uh, you know. We're they're, they're now thinking they're going to go into the tribulation. Independent fundamental, King James, Bible-believing churches. You would be so out of place in the tribulation, it's unbelievable. You're saved. They're lost. There's no way they're going to get saved like you're going to get saved. You got saved by trusting on Jesus Christ. They got to live it, believe it, and die. I mean, they're going to get their heads cut off or something. Their big toes or something going to be cut off. Yeah, brother, they'll fix your cancer in, in tribulation. You don't want to go to the tribulation. Just stick your foot in it, man. <laughs> to fix my foot over here. But there's, I mean, the place is crazy, man, crazy. Uh, so adoption, I'm adopted. I'm a son. I'm a child of the king. I, I mean, I got, I got a message I'm gonna, I ought to preach sometime. I, I probably already preached it, but uh, he said it, I didn't. And there's about eight or nine things that he said that I didn't say he said. And I just believe what he said. Uh, my problem is trying to keep myself always believing that, that he is what he says he is. Because this flesh constantly wants a battle. And brother, not knowing some of these words, not knowing some of these things that are said here, not understanding what happened to you personally, uh, Christianity is, is for you. Uh, it's not for anybody else. All right, we'll start with sanctification next week.